Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report, where we don't put up with lollies or gagging. Well, maybe a little gagging. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Wow. Hey, kids, it is Tuesday, March 8th, year of science 2022. Science! All hell science. It is right to give science thanks and praise. And just like it's right for you guys to be here with us today on The Ralph Report as we launch into a spectacular show. I am your old podcast pal. I am Ralph Garman. Not yet. But I'm still working soon. on it. Soon. Very soon. I did return that money, but oh, that's way. good. Yeah, I'm saying. glad. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to cancel it, so I just paid her oh, back. You, you sent money back. The 25 bucks she sent to me. <laughs> I sent her $25 saying, no, I just can't. I, I can't accept this. Uh, sitting here in the Batcave with me is the Rear Admiral himself, the Sheriff of Ghost Town, cleaner of garages extraordinaire. It's... Odegaard, I call him Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie. I feel your pain. I, I also am going through the garage cleaning process, yeah. and it's quite the ordeal. It is, but you've only been in this house for about a year and a half. Yeah, mostly it's all stuff I just brought with you me from the other yet. place that I knew I wanted, so I just haven't unpacked right. it yet. Yeah. I've been in this garage for 22 years. Holy shnikey. You know how much shit you collect in 22 years? I can't. It's awful. Even imagine. It's... Huh? <laughs> why? Yeah, a lot of why. <laughs> A lot of me looking at shit going, why do I still have that? Is this the first time you've cleaned it out in I've 22 like, years? I've moved stuff around. No, okay. Then the answer is yes. I've shifted things. The answer is yes. This is the first time you've cleaned it but out this, in 22 years. This is the first time I've seen the back wall. Oh, I got Like, you. I've gone in there, pulled everything. I'm sweeping. Wow. I went through this old, like, chest of drawers that we had where I used to keep, like, all my costumes for the sketch show I used to do back in, like, 2004. Right. Just in case. Just in case. You need that Doc Brown fright wig. You want to keep a hold? You can hold on to that. <laughs> I had a beard. I had one of those uh, spirit gum beards. Oh, my God. That was all matted up with spirit <laughs> gum. But I, for some reason, I took it off, and I was like, I'll put that in a drawer in case I need that again. It looked like a chipmunk died in <laughs> that box. That's, or came all over a chipmunk. Oh, Jesus. It was just so much garbage, and I'm just, like, throwing shit out. And I go back in to take a break after hours. And Trace like, did you throw anything out of mine? I'm like, I, I probably, I probably oh, did. Oh, boy, here we go. I probably threw out something you haven't seen in oh. 18 years. But she missed that thing. She wanted to hold on to that she thing. She couldn't even name the thing I threw out. Of course not. It's before we even had a child. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The things we hold on to in this life are so ridiculous. Much. So much. And even I, I was throwing absolute garbage away, and I was still like, should I? Yes, should I? of course. And then I threw it away, but it's still, it's still going through your head. Like, I do, should I? It's cleansing to go through that. <laughs> it, it felt good afterwards. I bet. But, but, yeah, uh, but the missus is uh, concerned that you might she be gets, jettisoning some rare antique that she wanted to hold on she to. She gets very clingy. Mm. Clingy about shit we have. 
we've had for 15 years we haven't seen or we forgot we had it. So you fiend. How dare you? Yeah, they're not collectibles. How dare you throw out her collection of calendars from the 1990s? A pair of shoes she hasn't worn in 24 years. And her feet wouldn't fit in anyway because your feet change in childbirth. Oh, boy. Don't go down that road. Feet widen. Don't start. Okay. Feet widen. It's your a feet got fat. Scientific fact. No, Not fat. You don't need these shoes. I said wide feet. With your chubby feet. Shit she doesn't wear. We'll never wear again. Has to go. See, that's my point is if at some point in the past 22 years you don't go, where the hell is that thing that I right? like so much that I would like to have right now in my hands? As long as you don't have that thought process, there's nothing in that garage that you really need. I found a book today that I forgot I had, uh, How to Play Roulette as a Business. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, should I hold on to this? You might want to get into the roulette business. Who goes into open a casino? Up your, open up yourself a little roulette shop down there on Melrose Avenue. <laughs> get a small business loan for it. Who goes into a casino going, yeah, I'm going to play some roulette and walk away a winner. Who believes there are rules in a book that you can follow where you'll actually win at roulette? <laughs> Notoriously like the worst odds in the casino. I know. The book, How to Play Roulette as a Business. That's spectacular. I threw it out. Oh, no you more. did? I don't have it anymore. Oh, I was hoping for a dramatic reading from that book. <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll dive it out of the dumpster tonight. Instead of Shakespeare, we could back. have you give us some uh, roulette tips. <laughs> roulette with Eddie. Eddie is a prescription-free way to sustain an erection. And to win at roulette. Oh, yeah. I got the secret. Well, I wish you the best. Uh, what do you think you got ahead of you? What are we looking at in I terms of... Uh, we're looking at three days max, or tops. So you, that, tops what, max, how many days thing. are you in on this thing? I'm now? one day in. Okay, so we got another couple days. I got at least 72 more hours of this. Yeah. It's I, rough. I, 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 I don't want to say this because it's going to come off sounding wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. Say it anyway. I envy you sometimes your big gaps in the middle of the day where you get to do things that you want. I don't want to do this. But it, but you get to do it. I you get have, to do you it. You have the time to do sometimes. that. Sometimes. If you say, I'm going to clean out the garage, you can say, well, I got I got some time here in the middle of my day. I can go do that. So this week, I have some time. So I was like, you know what? Since I have the time, I will use it constructively and clean out the garage. Little jelly. This isn't every say. day of my I'm life. I'm totes jelly. Well, you can come over and help. I don't want to clean well, out your garage. I want to clean out my garage. <laughs> At least your shit's not all dirty and dusty. Mine shit's filthy. Man. Yeah, mine's uh, pretty, pretty neat. It's in got two decades whatnot. worth of gunk on it. Yeah, that's uh, that's awful. foul. It's gross, man. Well, best of luck. Keep Thanks. us posted. I will. We're all rooting for you. <laughs> Kids, you have chosen an excellent program. You're not going to want to throw this one out with the garbage. Huh? Huh? How about that? For a tie-in. Topical. You're going to save this one, put it on a shelf, because we have an excellent Ralph report in store for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, you're not going to want to miss today's tongue twister. It's mm -hmm. going to be a goodie. Mm -hmm. Also, we're giving away Eddie's artwork, Steve Ashton dive-bombing James Corden's house with a payload of poop. <laughs> you're going to want to see who uh, won that one. Steve uh, picked some excellent charities to donate to over the weekend, oh, by nice. the way, the Alzheimer's Research UK charity oh, and also the Alzheimer Foundation Association of America here as well. It's an so awful disease. It is an awful disease, and I'm so glad we're raising some money to battle it. That's good stuff. Entertainment news, of course, phone calls, all of our, uh, our, our traditional fun segments, including TV Tunes Tuesday and special interview at the end of the program today. I talked to the director and star of a brand new documentary that's available everywhere today called Batman and Me, hmm. or subtitled, Pity Me, I'm a Batman Collector. 
And it's a story of Darren in Australia who became a obsessed Batman collector starting with the Tim Burton film in 1989. Okay. It's a fascinating look. I've seen, obviously, as a collector, I've seen other documentaries about collecting. Yeah. This one is different because it focuses on a man who is literally out of control and has no real interest in Batman. Huh, it's really? fascinating to be. Started off as a Star Wars collector, like science fiction. Right. Kind of lost his way, went down the rabbit hole of collecting stuff in that genre. Okay. And then when Batmania exploded in 89, when that bat symbol was everywhere yeah. and on everything, he would just fell in love with the iconic, icon, what do you call it? Icon iconography. I iconography. We're both in good shape. Iconography. 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 <laughs> Of the bat symbol and, right. and Keaton in that all black suit, and he just fell in love with the imagery and then lost his mind and could not stop purchasing everything he could get his hands on. And then once you start getting feverish about it, then you're, you're you know, he's never opened a thing he ever bought. Wow. Not one. That's crazy. That's not true. He opened one. Yeah. And he was furious with himself for the rest of his life because <laughs> he opened it. Oh, man. But it's a fascinating look at the psychology behind collecting. Yeah. And and how it, it affects you and the people around you. Yeah. And how it starts to become your identity in a lot of ways. I mean, bit, it's funny, yeah. as I watched it, not only because he's a Batman collector, although we're collectors of different eras, I just recognized so much of myself, like in my heyday of like really right. going nuts and hunting stuff down and stuff. Right. Anyway, fascinating uh, documentary. It's available anywhere you can find movies on iTunes or in uh, uh, streaming services or YouTube or any of that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, as a collector, you're always on the border, border of going completely crazy and just getting whatever you can get. It's just... Yeah, yeah. especially when I was single and making um, pretty good money at yeah. the radio station. I had it's just disposable whatever. income for the first time in my life. Right. eBay and I were on a, you know, we're like in a relationship. <laughs> it was a daily, oh. daily yeah, I've been there. I know. Me. I know the feeling. So it's a great chat with Darren, the subject of the documentary, and Michael Wayne, surprisingly yeah. enough, is his last name. He's the guy who uh, directed it as well. So we'll talk to those guys later on at the end of the show. Meanwhile, let's jump in, shall we, with It's Tongue Twister Tuesday. I'm looking forward to this one. Came to us by David Lundgren. Mm. Let's jump in. Are you ready, steady, Eddie? Because there's going to be so many words you cannot say over, over, and again. E so, take a breath, prepare yourself the best you possibly can be for Tiddly Twister Tuesday. David Lundgren writes, Hey, Ralph, Eddie, and the crew. This is Dave Four Star General from Minnesota writing to you because my New Year's resolution was to quit the Secret Service and start being a more active Garmy member. Oh, wow. Good for you, yes. Dave. Quit that secret service. Getting outside of your comfort zone and uh, throwing us some, some uh, content our way. We appreciate nice. it. For my first act, I would like to submit a tongue twister, he writes. Mm. So here it is. Again, I have not practiced this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you your copy three times fast. Okay. If you're playing at home, you want to get a pen and paper and jot this down. I slit a sheet. A sheet I slit. Oh, God. Upon a slitted sheet I sit. Oh, man. It's going to get profane. Once again, three sentences. I slit a sheet. A sheet I slit. Upon a slitted sheet, I sit. Oh, it's not going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. This is right in our wheelhouse. It's not. Oh, we're going to be in good shape here. Mm. I will go first. Three times. Speed is of the essence. 
let me get a little water. <laughs> Wet my whistle, as the I kids say. Slit a sheet. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Deep cleansing breath, and we begin. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit. Upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit. Uh, I don't think I got that. I think I fucked up somewhere in there. People are getting very. Uh, yeah. Very, I don't catch it, but I, I don't you're catch it up. either. Trust me, if I if I thought I screwed it up, I wouldn't take credit for yeah, it. Yeah, I would. I would call you if I thought I. But I, you know, if I if I keep going and I think I got it, yeah, it, I'm not trying to pull one over on anybody. The commissioners come to out win of the, the grand prize of nothing. Start throwing the flag. <laughs> so now I'm getting paranoid. I may even had it right, and I I'll think try I'm wrong. To, I think you were right on that. Honestly, All right. we'll see if you can pay attention. I'll try. Not I'll to. try to monitor myself as well. I slit a sheet. A sheet I slit upon a slitted sheet. I sit. I slit a sheet. A sheet I slit upon a shitted sleeve. Nope. Nope. You said shitted. Shitted. Okay. I'm going to say that a lot. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. Yeah, you got that. I got that one, right? That's clean. Look at the replay. Um. (laughs) All right. Okay, here we go. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. Did I, get that right? Did I get that right? I, I, I don't know. It wasn't clean. I can't even tell. It wasn't clean. Look, bit just a bit outside. <laughs> I slid a sheet, a sheet I slid upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slid a sheet. <laughs> you got one through one. I know, and then my mouth just stopped. <laughs> it stopped. It stopped. <laughs> Fair line. <laughs> You're in Rogan's heroes all of a sudden. <laughs> I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit upon a slit. <laughs> it just goes, it's like you hit like an oil patch and you just start skidding out on the road. <laughs> I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit upon a slitted sheet I fucking can't control my mouth on the third line. Oh, this is frustrating. I slid a sheet, a sheet I slid upon a slitted sheet I said. I slid a sheet, a sheet I slid upon a slitted sheet I said. I slid a sheet, a sheet I slid upon a slitted sheet I said. Yeah, there we go. That was clean living right there. Oh, man. Well done. Wow. I don't think we've gotten through one in a while. It's been a while for me. It's been like a month. So, David, thank you so much for uh, sending us, sending that tongue twister our way. It was challenging. It was. But luckily not impossible for this Tongue Twister Tuesday. Tongue Twister Tuesday. It's a twister. It's a twister. All righty, let's give away some art, shall we? It is a remarkable rendering of Steve Ashton <laughs> flying a classic <laughs> British Spitfire, it looks like, propeller plane yes. over James Corden's house dropping payloads of dog poop on his home. Uh, we asked Steve to suggest some charities, and he had a, a run-in with Alzheimer's. His mother was f- wrongly diagnosed oh with my, it. Oh, my God. As early onset uh, Alzheimer's because she had all the symptoms, but it turned out actually to be another uh, another problem. So he has some familiarity with the fear that this disease can, can uh, in, you know, make a family yeah. feel when you think someone's suffering from it. He recommended two different charities, one here in the States, the Alzheimer Foundation of America, and the Alzheimer Research UK project in the UK as well. So we've got we've got dollar donations, we've got pound donations, we've got Australian dollar donations. Wow. I had to do a lot of math to figure out how much money we actually raised. <laughs> but I want to thank some folks who uh, donated, including Rebecca Zimmer, Jody Inchosti, 
Lisa Rowley, Andrea Jones, Mario Plazola, all with a $20 donation. Jana Bond, Bond, Jana Bond, with 25 bucks, as well as Brandon, Rohr, Brandon Rohrbacher. Uh, Sean Barger with 50 bucks. He and Elijah Elliott, Nanette Earhart, Tisha Rashid, Judy Wang, and John Majeral, Majoral, Majoral, I think it is, uh, also $50. He uh, lost his father, sadly, to oh. Alzheimer's. So this is a mm. cause near and dear to his heart. Bridget, our own Bridget from Long Island, whose uh, father is currently battling Alzheimer's. Oh, man. Another $50 donation. Shanna Breckenfeld, 60 bucks. And then our always big donor, Linda Golden, showed up with a big $100 donation. And Eric Snyder also with a $100 donation as well. So thanks to all those guys. Um, some folks here in the States donated to the UK Foundation just in Steve's honor, which I thought was nice. And we also have some Brits donating as well, including a Nicholas Pearson for 15 pounds, Daz McGregor, our friend in Scotland for 20 pounds, Stephen Greening in the UK for 25 pounds. Owen Edmonds, our beloved Welshman, he went above and beyond the call of duty. He said instead of making one donation, he signed up for a monthly donation of 10 pounds a month. An wow. on ongoing That's donation, awesome. which That's is remarkable. Uh, Diane Martin, 30 pounds, and Daniel Weedman, 50 pounds. And then John Marson in Australia donated 100 pounds. Dollars Australian, which works out to be around $73, I found out here in the United okay. States. So if you round it all up, all of our wonderful donors, thank you to everybody who donated something to this very worthy charity. We get a grand total of over $1,035 wow. raised for various awesome. Alzheimer charities, and they absolutely could use it, and they, and they do great stuff with that money, so... So let's find out who now, who donated. Everybody's name goes into the fishbowl. Let me grab the fishbowl right. here. Can't fake that. Can't, I could not fake this no. noise. No. This is actual paper in yeah. an actual fishbowl. I'm going to have Eddie Pence reach in there and uh, that. find Got us a winner. There it is. Hold on, please. <laughs> the prize winner is John Maggerel. John, I think it's Majoral. Majoral? 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 Majoral. I'm going to Magrel. 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 I like Magrel. Magrel. John Magrel. Sounds like a detective. Magrel. P.I. <laughs> John M., you are the winner. Congratulations. You get to hang this lovely portrait of Steve Ashton. Although Steve not that thrilled with his likeness in the cockpit, by All the way. Right, look at he said, is that me looking up? <laughs> and I look like Caillou. And that's like, uh, yeah, I think that's supposed to be you in there, I, Steve. To be honest, it was the last thing I drew as I was drawing it, and that uh, was drawing that time. And, a little rushed. And, and before I could put any detail into it, I got the buzzer. Gotcha. So I just, it, it was a beginning stages of a Steve Ashton. All right. Premature was, Steve Ashton. Embryonic Steve yes. Ashton. John, we're going to send that your way. Thank you so much to everybody who donated. We truly appreciate it. And now it's time to turn our attention to... More members of the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us. There's a bunch of ways you can do that. Send us an email, Ralph at the RalphReport.com. Eddie or our beloved Steve Ashton at that same email address. You can find us on social media, or you can do what a lot of folks like to do. Leave a voicemail message 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available to you. All you got to do is dial up that number, 1833. And you can leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline. I listen to them all and then I grab a handful and we put them here in Garmy on the line. 
The telephone is ringing. The garbage's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your Yesterday, Burr Martin called in asking for some help from the Garmy to pick the perfect send-off song yes. for him to blast out the windows of his car <laughs> as he drives away two weeks from now from the heinous job that he hates filled with awful people. Yes. And he needs the perfect fuck-off song right. to blast at high levels as he drives away. The Garmy is calling in in a big way with suggestions, <laughs> starting off with Dan... Hi, Ralph. This is Dan, four-star general from North Hollywood. I have a suggestion for a fuck-off song, Angry Anthem by Forces of Evil. Uh, Forces of Evil was a short-lived side trap project started by the frontman from Real Big Fish, so if you like them, you'll love this one, too. Pretty much anything by this band works as a fuck-off song, but this one is my favorite. Thanks, LMB. Angry Anthem by Forces of Evil. This is sort of an upbeat ska number with some brass. I like this a lot. Mm -hmm. Burr, you have to make the final decision, <laughs> so please keep track of these at home. Here is today's suggestion for Burr Martin's Fuck Off song. If I had my way, I'd never speak to anyone again. I gotta say, I hate people, I'm so sick of them. I just can't stand the bullshit, wish I was so far away from it. I'm just stupid and I'm angry. I think that works. That seems to be Fuck all you motherfuckers. certainly in the running. I can see Burr playing that and driving by the uh, warehouse on uh, his way out. It's going to be a tough one to beat. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Thank you, Dan, for the suggestion. <laughs> Kelly called in at a time when many of us are wondering, how can we help the folks who are suffering in Ukraine right mm -hmm. now? This war is just, if you look at the human suffering, the level of what's going on with children, yeah and old folks and people fleeing their country. It is literally heartbreaking. And some of us feel so helpless. Kelly has a suggestion of how you can get some money in the right hands of people over in Ukraine. Hi, Ralph, Eddie, Steve. Hope you're recovering well. This is Kelly, four-star from Indiana. I am driving to work in my car, if it sounds weird. In a blizzard, not really a blizzard. It is snowing though, in uh, Indiana. I was just calling to talk about Ukraine. I started the show today and I realized I should probably call. So after Facebook popped up that people were doing Airbnbs in Ukraine, but not actually going and just the way to give money to people, after doing some research and making sure that that's actually a legit thing that people are doing, I actually did that last week. I bought like two nights, it was a hundred bucks. Um, the lady who I Airbnb to contacted me back and said, thank you so much for your help. The money is going towards she's making clothing to help protect the people in Ukraine who are fighting the Russians. So I just thought that was kind of cool. And it was an idea for people to kind of help out instead of buying you a satin jacket. It was just an idea. All right. Love you. Seen it. Peace. Yeah, instead of trying to buy me a satin jacket, let's donate some money to folks in Ukraine yes. who are making protective clothing for the civilian forces taking on yeah, the Russians. Better use of money. And it's a very clever idea, and I did a little research as well. 
There are families who are listing their homes on Airbnb with no intention, of course, of ever having anyone come there. Right. But it gives people a chance to donate directly to the families who need the money versus yeah. going through some sort of charitable organization. Yeah, you don't know how much gets there. Takes yeah. overhead. There's a delay between people getting the yeah. money that they need desperately right now. So, Kelly, thanks for the suggestion. It's a great way to get money into the hands of the right people. From time to time, we ask people what you're watching because there's so much to look at out there. So I uh, love it when people volunteer what they're taking a look at. Hey, what you watching? And called from Vegas with what she's watching. A little different take on what you're watching okay. today, however. Hi, Ralph. Uh, this is Ann from Las Vegas. Um, my partner, Brent, just discovered baldo porn on Pornhub. It all makes sense now. I, everything in my mind is put into place. Um, it looks really unpleasant to me, but those two people seem to be really into it. So if you want, uh, Google on Pornhub uh, or Pornhub a Google um, baldo porn. Uh, apparently it comes right up. All right, have fun. Bye. If while listening to my adventures with the Baldo, <laughs> you wondered, how does that, well, I can't really imagine exactly what his balls look like while they're oh. stuffed into that toy. Mm -mm. Apparently they are using it now in uh, pornography oh. and you can see the Baldo at work. A stage that I never even got to <laughs> because the pain was so severe and the girth of the thing was so imposing that... Uh, Ms. X and I never actually got yeah. a chance to engage in the ball sack. Well, that's farther than I got. So uh, feel free to check that out for yourself, kids. Yesterday, we talked about the giant parachuting spiders. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Did you see that thing on social I media? I did. It's frightening. Sentence? It's horrific. It's, it's like three, four yeah. inches wide. I'd, I'd punch it. If it's floating down the sky, I'd just start punching it. Don't. I'd punch it out of the sky. You can't punch I'd, a spider I'd on a parachute. It. If it's floating down, it's that big, you could punch it. On yesterday's story, I mentioned Georgia is sort of ground zero for this infestation oh. of the, as they're known, Juro spiders. Well, luckily, we got Ryan there on the scene to give us a report. Ralph, Eddie, Steve. Ralph, I was listening to the show from Monday and listening to you talk about the Juro spiders in Georgia. Sorry, this is uh, Ryan from Atlanta. Uh, yeah, last summer the Joro spiders really began to invade Georgia. And uh, one afternoon, my wife and I were out cleaning the backyard when she discovered that there were about six or seven of these things that are about the size of your palm, just hanging above our heads with giant webs. <laughs> oh, and I thought, awful. okay, well, let's leave them be and I'll try and knock a few down. And that didn't quite work out. So the next morning, <laughs> and I mean about 14 hours later, they had reached the entryway of our backyard, oh. the back of our patio. Uh -oh. There were now 25 of them. Oh, my God. And the webbing was all over the trees. Oh, Lord. Oh, blowtorch. I looked to my wife, whom I love, and said, we need to burn down the backyard yes. and start over. Blowtorch. huge. I know they're not dangerous to humans. But they're huge and ugly, and they were invading my space. <laughs> oh. Needless to say, I had some people come out and take care of it, but fuck take, those spiders. Take oh. care of it. Something like the mob. Welcome oh. to hell. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for That's the report. awful. 
That gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, that's horrific. Imagine horrific. 25 giant spiders no. casting webs all over the place. No, you just... Sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> I just break the gas line, turn on the microwave, and I'm out. <laughs> that seems a little extreme. I don't care. Done. And speaking of those spiders, you know, we play upbeat music for you every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. We call them our happy hits. Edwin is calling in, dedicating today's happy hit to the Joro Spiders. Hi, Ralph. Edwin from La Mirada here. Just heard the story about the parachuting spiders. Yeah, it does sound creepy, but I'm not worried because I'm sure by the time they get here, the killer bees will take care of them for yeah, us. where are the murder hornets? Oh, oh by the way... Now that you mentioned the parachuting spiders and how they fly like the wind, mm -hmm. uh, for your happy hit, let's do some Christopher Cross action. Oh. I got a ride like the wind, dedicated to the parachuting spiders. Love you, Mina Pine. I know it's cold around the world right now. It's winter time, but it's never too cold for some yacht rock. <laughs> how about a little Christopher Cross and Michael McDonald, of course, from Doobie Brothers fame. Ride like the wind. <laughs> tune edwin thank you so much for that suggestion thanks to everybody who called in ryan keep us uh abreast of that joro spider situation oh, move, down there. just move <laughs> move away <laughs> thanks to everybody who called in you too can be featured in the garmy on the line segment but in order for that to happen gotta call me Of 
Shinigami members, quick programming note. Uh, Wednesday night this week, Wednesday night will be the night that we're inviting the four-star generals to join us and watch us record the program live, 7 p.m. this Wednesday. That would be tomorrow night, yes. and that would be the 9th. So uh, Wednesday night, the 9th at 7 p.m. Just click on the link via Crowdcast and join us here in the Batcave and watch us do our thing. Mm-hmm. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, let's turn our attention now to the giant calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. You may be surprised to learn multiple holidays associated with every day on the calendar. Not all of them are worthy of our praise, however, so we do the public service of breaking them down into holidays and holidays. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Happy National Oregon Day. No. Oregon. It's green up there. Oh, the Very hills green. are green as green. So green. I like the Pacific Northwest. Very pretty. It's pretty up there. The Cascade Mountains, of course. Willamette Valley. Uh, they also have high desert there. A lot of people yeah. don't know that in Oregon, but they do. Originally populated by the Nez Pierce Native Americans, the mm-hmm. Chinook, the Malala, and then uh, Whitey came along. Right. And Portland's a lovely city. It is. great. A lot of great cities yeah. in Oregon. So uh, happy National Oregon Day to all of our Oregonian Garmy members mm-hmm. up there. It's also International Women's Day today. I like women. Yeah. I'll help celebrate women on they this day. They should have a day. Good for Let's them. Let's give them one day. <laughs> And then I don't want to hear anything out of their mouths the rest of the year, though. That's how I feel. Right? Who's with me, fellas? Uh, huh? Anybody? Probably not. I need a cricket sound effect, I think. <laughs> International Women's Day is not just celebrating uh, women. It also celebrates their social, their economic, and political achievements around the world. They have made great strides over the years. However, there's still great inequity between men and women when it comes to healthcare and education and employment, uh, pay, protection under the law. It's a great number of things that still need to be worked on. Patriarchy is real. It really is. So on this day, we, um, we like to celebrate the success, but also make people aware that yes. we've still got a long way to go. For example, 100 years ago, 0.2% of the United States Congress consisted of women. Yeah. How about now? 2020? Yeah. 24% of the U.S. congressional seats. Almost a quarter. Almost a quarter. Now, considering they make up over half the population of the United States. A little underrepresented. They should be represented more. But, uh, you know, let's take take a moment to celebrate the fact that we are moving in the right direction. 200 years, they'll be right up there. Oh, they'll be right even with us. (laughs) There'll be no planet left and no country, but still, they'll finally achieve, theoretically, equality. (laughs) We celebrate you, women. Today's also National Proofreading Day. Oh, I like me a good proofread. I'm bad at proofreading. Oh, I love it. I'm so bad at it. One of my favorite things, yeah, from time to time, when I have the time, yeah. I like to write. I like to write scripts and things like that. 
and I get like excited when I'm through with a draft and I get to go back and do my proof. Oh, really? Pass. I hate yes. that. Oh, I love catching. I just want to type it once and send it out. No, I love catching no. those little mistakes. I hate and it. Correcting and fixing. No. Oh, it's like a, it's like detective work. Oh, I hate it. Oh, it's the best no. part. Like I send out a tweet or I'll text somebody and I'm like, I just, I don't even look at it. I hit go. And then I look at it, I'm like, fuck, there's like eight misspellings in there. I you fiend. And proofread it. That's just sloppy work it right It is there. sloppy, but I got, I got shit I want to do. I, I want to get past this. Got garages to clean. I got shit to do. I got shit to throw out, man. Uh, National Proofreading Day is uh, highlighting the importance of proofreading our written work, Eddie Pence. No, I, it's important. This I just day was meant it. for you. I hate doing it. Uh, the day also allows those who enjoy proofreading to gently correct others, it says. So allow me to proofread your material sometimes, oh, yeah. Eddie Pence. I'll screenshot my text. And I will gently correct you and put, you, put you on the right path. I can imagine you gently correcting me. Put you on the path to righteousness. <laughs> So we celebrate proofreading day. Speaking of gently correcting someone, mm -hmm. it's also be nasty day. Be nasty. Be nasty. Why would you be nasty? Mr. Garmin, if you're nasty. <laughs> because not everybody deserves to be treated with politeness, it says here. Wow, this is a harsh day. Yeah, I don't know if this is currently the atmosphere we need to be celebrating we, being nasty. I think we need nastiness right now. It says, however... Uh, sometimes we're kind to people who really could use a little bit of a uh, stronger hand. Hmm. So if you're the kind of person who's too polite, use this day as an excuse to break away and say no when you want to. Observe the darker side of human nature. <laughs> this sounds no. dangerous. I think we've got enough of the darker side of human nature. Sounds right like now. Uh, fist fights in the offing. Yeah, we need to go the other way. You follow this. Although I have to say, there are some people who just need to be told, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I agree. But I don't think we need to encourage to observe the darker side of human nature. Yeah, probably not. Although I, I see people all the time who say the only way we're going to reunite this country is if we start treating each other with respect and civility and, and reach out our hands and stretch out our feelings and say we're all brothers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's great. It's not. But if only half of the people are even remotely willing to do that, I know. then it's a fool's errand. No, nothing will ever come from it. I know. And that's the conundrum we're in. So what's the point? I don't know. I guess know. someone has to be the first, though, to offer the olive branch, right? It's hard, though. It is it's hard. It's not easy to do. I'm tell so many people to fuck off. Everyone. All the time. I want to play that song <laughs> on Twitter sometimes, <laughs> even though that's not a thing. So be nasty day. Uh, no, I don't... <clears throat> I don't think we can approve of that one. National Organize Your Home Office Day. Look at my fucking desk. It's I needed this day more than ever. Clean. Oh, my desk is a nightmare. <laughs> I know where everything is, though. It's an age-old uh, yeah. comment from sloppy people, right? Yeah. I know where I can find everything. Well, I'm like that. I know where everything is in my house. It just looks awful. But I do, uh, I do need to clean up this mess. So on this second Tuesday of March, Organize Your Home Office Day is the day you're supposed to clean up the mess that has accumulated over the months and weeks and sometimes years. <laughs> Get your stuff in the proper placement and keep your office clean. It does make me feel better when things are organized, that's for sure. But you can clear, you know, clutters, you clear, clear the clutter out and you have the clutter in your mind goes away too. Is that a bit. tongue twister for that's tongue twister too? Some with clutter. Clutter. I'm with you. <laughs> so uh, clean up if you get the chance today. Just like Eddie Pence cleans oh, his garage. Trying, man. All right, now you know what we do. We find a food related to a holiday. We run it past Eddie Pence, see if it's something he's willing to eat. Oh, sorry, that wasn't him oh, eating. Oh, that went straight in my ass. <laughs> Let me at least taste it first. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's what she said. 
Um, <laughs> will he eat it or will he opt to stick it up his ass? And pull no, it I got out. two of them in there. <laughs> ah, ah. I pulled them both out. Jesus. It's okay. We talk about the food, then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If the reels match, jackpot. that means Eddie's eating up. However, if the uh, reels are mismatched, <laughs> and he's not going to go for it. Today is National Peanut Cluster Day. National Peanut Cluster Day is March 8th. The perfect combination of sweet and salty Eddie Pence. Melted chocolate mixed with peanuts, making the perfect combination and the perfect confection. That's in the, uh, it was the late 1890s when this candy started to take off because that's when agriculture found a way to grow the peanut in plentiful amounts, bringing it to the public with steel tools and steam power. And then it didn't take long for confectioners to start getting those peanuts and mixing them with melted chocolate. And it's so easy to make, too. You just mix them together and you put them on a tray and you cool them and you got yourself a taste treat. Peanuts and chocolate, a classic combination we've seen in so many different styles but today it's national peanut cluster day the question is will eddie pence pop those nuts in his mouth those sweet dark nuts will he take those or not <laughs> or will he take well, them off his ass can i do both you can there's only one way to find out though let's pull that handle here we go one cluster two cluster You can't not like peanut clusters. It's a, it's a good one. It's so fucking good. It's man. a good one. So good. Peanuts and chocolate just in any combination. I mean, they're just perfect together. Can't go wrong. Two great tastes. Yeah. I heard one man once say. Something like that. That tastes great together. It's like us here on the Ralph Report. Exactly. Salty and sweet. <laughs> And that's it for today's holiday or holiday. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Ah, uh, sad news. Laurel Goodwin has passed away. You may not know the name. But if you're a Star Trek fan, you probably would recognize her. She was in the very first pilot of Star Trek, the one with Captain Christopher Pike. And she thought that was going to be the beginning of a big career for her. She was going to be in a big hit television series. But uh, negotiations broke down between Jeffrey Hunter and Gene Roddenberry when it came to bringing him back for the second pilot. So yeah. that's when they got William Shatner. And they recast a great number of people oh, in that cast, including brutal. Laurel Goodwin. So uh, she was on her way out, sadly, after that. Uh, she worked a ton, however, which is good news. She made her feature film debut opposite Elvis Presley. Hmm. One of his films called Girls, Girls, Girls. That's an awful film, by the way. <laughs> but, but at least you know what it's about. Uh, 1962 musical comedy. The famous aspect of this comedy is there is a steamy dance scene between Laurel and Elvis. And it is uh, infamous because Elvis popped an erection, a boner, what? while they were dancing, and they did. They left it in. Well, so they couldn't CGI it out back then. If you watch carefully, you can see Elvis pitch a tent in his wow. pants as he and Laurel Goodwin are dancing all cozy up on each damn. other. So uh, damn, damn, that's damn. her place in in music history. History. She's uh, passed away happening? at the age of seventy. Seventy-nine. Elvis. 
<lacht> I'm talking backwards. Ja, jetzt muss ich gehen. Weiß nicht, muss hat er Ich heiße durch. Another Walking Dead spin-off. Oh, good. This one starring Lauren Cohen, who plays Maggie on that show. Played Maggie for many seasons. Then she left. Now she's back. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who, of course, plays Negan on that program. They're spinning off into a show called Isle of the Dead, <laughs> where they'll be trapped on uh, Manhattan okay. with a bunch of zombies. All right. And then they're going to have to fight zombies. All right. Because zombies, zombies. are going to be chasing Try after to eat them. them. Yeah. I've never seen a single episode of The Walking Dead. Does Either that make I. me bad? No, I, I know grab... people love it. They say it's great. I'm sure. And I hope they're excited and they hope they get a good show they like. And it was a phenomenon. It was. When it first hit the airwaves. And then they just started making them, like spinoff after spinoff. Right? Yeah, but I can't. Uh, it's too late for me. I'm, I'm much like a guy left behind in the zombie apocalypse. There's no saving me. Just eat me. There's no, I can't catch up at this point. <laughs> By the way, interesting, Lauren Cohen and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan worked together previously. They teamed up. They were Batman's parents in Batman v Superman, Zack Snyder's film. Okay. They played Thomas and Martha Wayne. Martha. So they're Why did you say that? <laughs> This Bethany Frankel, she's a garbage person. She's one of these reality stars. I think she was on Real Housewives of someplace. I have no idea. I don't either. Then she got very rich because she went off and uh, took her TV fame She started a brand called Skinny Girl Margarita. Familiar with that? I think I've heard of that. Yeah, and yeah. then Skinny Girl Popcorn. And she yeah, started a whole oh, line I've heard of the popcorn skinny, thing, yeah. skinny Girl line of products yeah. that made her a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. And I don't like her, but I have to respect her <laughs> because her foundation, they announced this week, has raised $35 million for Ukrainian refugees. Wow. That's a big chunk of That's change. That's fucking awesome. So congratulations to Bethany Frankel, despite what I think of her. She's done a good thing. So maybe she's trying to uh, make, make amends. amends for her awful reality television career. <laughs> Speaking of making amends, yeah. Bill Cosby breathing a sigh of relief this week. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was announced that the Supreme Court of the United States is not going to weigh in on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's decision to release Cosby from prison based on a legal screw-up in his 2018 conviction for aggravated indecent assault of uh, Andrea Costand. Mm. So they're hands off. And you know what? Here's the thing. I know he's a scumbag. Yeah. But they're right. This thing, this is just a, a real legal fuck yeah. up. And if you follow the letter of the law, there's nothing they could have done. Nope. Their hands were tied. Yeah. Have you watched any of that? We need to talk about Cosby. No, series? I want to watch that, though. With um, Camille or Cam um, uh, yeah, not, Kamal. Uh, yeah. God damn it. I forgot his name too. Anyway, it's excellent television. I recommend yes. you check it out. And uh, should we? I, I think I have to find his name now. I feel bad. All right, I'm going to put the show on hold real quick. I'll be right back. Please hold. Please remain on the line. A representative will assist you shortly. And we're back. W. Kamau Bell is yes. his name. So he is the uh, creator and host of that program. It's fascinating television. And once you watch it, There'll be no doubt in your mind, as if there was before, uh, what kind of person this is. Yeah. It's it's stunning the sheer number of victims yeah. they talk to, I'm, not, and not just Cosby Show era. This started back in the 1960s when he was on I Spy, and uh, I mean, it just for generations he has been like a piece of shit. drugging and abusing women. It's it's shocking and horrifying. And how could we as a society been so fooled? by this guy, it makes you think he's some kind of psychopath. Because who else would could have to be to pull that pull that rabbit trick uh, out of the hat and to be fool a, us all that way? Fucking what, he was like America's dad at one point. Terrifying. 
as as is this news terrifying. Pamela Anderson's going to be on Broadway. Oh God, what? In Chicago, she's going to be starring as Roxy Hart on Broadway from April 12th through June 5th. Oh, oh. I, you know it's funny when she was complaining about this docu series they're doing on Hulu, the Pam and Tommy yeah. show, which is brilliant, by the way. She was saying this is awful and it's like me being a, you know, a traumatized all over again and blah blah. I was thinking back in my head, this is going to do nothing but good for her in oh, terms yeah. of raising her profile again. Yeah. And now she's going to be on Broadway in a musical. The question is, can she sing or dance? Does it matter? I guess it doesn't. I don't think it matters. She said she is looking forward to taking the stage to see what I'm capable of. We she said. know what you're capable of. Do we? We don't know if she can sing or dance. <laughs> Maybe she'll surprise us. Okay. But I feel like if you were going to see what you're capable of into a Broadway show, maybe Broadway, you've missed a step. You should find out several if, steps. You should find out if you can sing and dance before you take the role on Broadway. There's a black box of no ho you need to check. Why don't you say I am capable of this rather than saying, well, we'll see if I'm capable of it when people <laughs> plop down 150 <laughs> bucks a ticket to watch me in. But Chicago. they're doing it to see her. They don't give a shit if she sings or not. And Chicago famously has been sort of a stunt casted musical around the country yeah. for some time now. So. I guess the rest of the uh, cast can prop her up. Yeah, if, they'll be doing a lot of heavy lifting. If, if things go south. And lastly, this is the way to see the Batman. The way they did in Austin, Texas this week. When we saw the movie house and eatery movie theater, they had a screening on Friday night, mm -hmm. and someone snuck a live bat oh, into I, the theater about that. and released it. <laughs> and then the bat began to fly around the theater like bats do. And uh, everyone started to freak out. The most exciting thing in that three hour. How dare! Don't you're gonna get you're gonna get angry. Bring people. it! Fucking bring you're it! You're gonna get angry people. I know. Calm down, everybody. I'm still. It's just a movie. I'm still reaping the whirlwind of my review. So be careful. <laughs> Somebody said you just like Adam West. I was like, oh, I said this at the beginning. I I do yes I did like the Adam West version but I'm also a huge fan of Tim Burton's film Me too. and Nolan's Dark Knight is a is a masterpiece so I've I love a lot of different versions of Batman the Batman animated series love I it. love the Batman that that's, may to me, that's be the, the best quintessential Batman. Batman interpretation yeah that is the best Batman I've ever seen yeah so it's not just about Adam West I I have vision I can see <laughs> things beyond that oh. All right, let's take a look. Today's celebrity birthdays, all these stars born on March 8th, starting with guitarist Andy Ross of OK Go. Now, is this the one you know? Yeah, is Andy, I know Andy, know? yes. Andy was at your wedding, or you were at his? I was at his wedding, yes. All right. He's good for his wife, his good friends with my wife. Ah, yes. but not good enough for you to invite him to your wedding, apparently. Well, they, that only, was... Only goes one okay, way. Okay, listen. I see how... When my wedding happened, they weren't together yet. Oh, or they were together, but they were at a break. Oh, they were on a break. They were on a break, and then they got back together after our wedding, and then... Ross and Rachel wedding. all yes. over again. Anyway, <laughs> guitarist Andy Ross from OK Go. He's 43 today. NBC News anchor Lester Holt is 63. Today, singer Tom Chaplin of Keen is 43. Oh, simple thing, where have you gone? I'm getting old and I need something to rely on. So tell me when you're gonna let me in. I'm getting 
Aiden Quinn, the actor, is 63. Bassist Randy Meisner, also singer for the Eagles, one of the founding members, and Poco, he's 76. We're featuring a lot of guys who sing really well, really high today on the mm. birthdays. Cameron Mannheim from The Practice and the brand new Law & Order 61 today. Singer Sean Mullins also sings high. Yeah, wow. 54 today. Everything's gonna be alright. Rock-a-bye. Rock-a-bye. Everything's gonna be alright. Rock-a-bye. 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 Freddie Prinze Jr. is 46. Gary Newman, new wave icon, is 64. James Vanderbeek, Dawson's Creek and CSI Cyber. He's 45. And lastly, Literally, the last of the monkeys, actor, director, singer Mickey Dolenz of the monkeys is 77 years old today. I'm not your stepping stone. I'm not your stepping stone. And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now, because it's Tuesday, it's time to turn on the TV. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, you do. And I like this one. I'm so glad we're doing this show, but at the same time, I was hesitant. I've received many phone calls, by the way, yeah. for this show, but I was hesitant to celebrate it okay. because it is from another era. Right. And it features things that if you tried to do this show today- oh, couldn't do them. Yeah. Not just you couldn't do them. People would hunt you down <laughs> with pitchforks <laughs> and rusty box cutters, oh. and they would, they would punish you for trying to do this show. <laughs> It was a Saturday morning kids show oh. that I thought was hilarious then, and I think it's funny now, but I also recognized it's very problematic. Here is Mike with today's suggestion. Hi, Ralph. This is Mike in Concord, California, calling to recommend a TV Tunes Tuesday for a show that is part the monkeys, part get smart, even throwing a little bit of laugh in. And it's one of my wife's all-time favorites, and that is Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Come on, don't be a chump. Be a part of Ape. Play that theme because it rocks. And the whole band rocks. Evolution, revolution, baby. Love you. Me yeah, bye. Are you, do you, are oh, you familiar with Lance Lutley's Secret Chimp? I love this show when I was a kid. For those who aren't familiar, and it's not maybe as well known as some of the other shows we talk about here. This was revolutionary for children's television. Yeah. First of all, it had the budget of about a million dollars to make this thing. And it was created by two writers 
from Get Smart, Stan Burns and Mike Marmer. They put it together. They both quit their job on the Carol Burnett show because they came up with this idea and wanted to do it so badly. They went over to ABC yeah. and pitched this. And the premise is <laughs> chimpanzees dressed up as secret agents, <laughs> and then they would dub in human voices oh. into their mouths and tell the story with the chimpanzees acting out the scenarios. Yeah. Now, if you could get past PETA today to do this, which you couldn't, no. it would be bad enough. But then because it's a spy, it's like a 60s spy spoof, it's also filled with racial stereotypes oh, as well. yeah. You've got uh, Ali Ban Assassin, and you've got, you got a, a, a German uh, sort yeah. of Nazi. Oh, that's bad. Who uh, is, is a bad guy. And you've got uh, Wang Fu, yeah, who's an Asian bad guy. You couldn't do this without guy. chips. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And yet, for some reason, I find it hysterically funny, especially if you're a stoner. People, stoners really seem to enjoy oh. this show. And we've talked before about how uh, chimpanzees, when they're baring their teeth, they look like they're, they're smiling. Afraid. They're actually afraid. It's and so scary. It just makes your heart drop now in retrospect. Chimps were just horrified. But at the time, oh, loved it. It was pretty goddamn funny. Fucking walking around in high heels. The premise was Lancelot Link's secret chimp was a secret agent for the organization known as Ape. And uh, his chief was named Darwin. And Darwin would give his theory about each crime every week. And then they had to go on and battle the evil uh, organization known as Chump. <laughs> and so uh, all the villains, by the way, vo voiced by uh, Bernie Capel, who was the voice of um, uh, the bad guy on um, uh, Get Smart. Um, uh, what was it? Siegfried. Mm. Oh, and he was also Doc on uh, Love Boat as well, okay. Bernie Capel. Very talented guy. The voice actors were great on it. It was a wacky, twisted, weird show yes. that still has a certain amount of popularity today by Mike and others. And a great lengthy theme song where they explain the entire program to you for about two minutes. <laughs> Here's today's TV Tunes Tuesday for Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Lancelot Link. Secret Chimp. He stands for justice, he has no fear. He's the agent to call when trouble is near. Lance Link, you gotta come through. Everybody is counting on you. He's beating out of hell, an agent and a friend. And she'll stick by your side right to the end. Darwin is the leader on the side of the good. I jump agents like a good agent. Partner Matt Harry. Oh, so good. <laughs> I want to watch it. 
No, we don't. I because know, we, we, have, we have grown. We we, yes, we're, and we have evolved. We're past that. And that is from 1970, 1971, originally I, when I it watched aired. it in reruns, I guess. It's, yeah, we all did. Yeah. And uh, we've all grown, and we're yes. all better people we're, now. We're, it's not funny anymore. But we can look back yes. wistfully <laughs> at a bygone era where chimpanzees <laughs> dressed up as people was considered funny and not cruel and inhumane. No, not at all. Not at all. And that's it for today's TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> All right, before we say goodbye, as I mentioned earlier in the show, here's a conversation with director Michael Wayne who has done a documentary that is available everywhere today called Batman and Me, subtitled Pity Me, I'm a Batman Collector. It is a story of Batman collector Darren Daggs Maxwell there in Melbourne, Australia. Started off as a science fiction and pop culture fan and then found himself down the rabbit hole of Batman collectibles. That poor bastard, because there were so many things with bat symbols on there yeah. in the late 1980s. 89, 90, you couldn't run from it. Early 90s, and he was helpless. He had to have them all. It was an addiction. He said, I couldn't help myself. And so this talks about maybe the dark side of collecting, people who can't quite control themselves, and they do it maybe out of a need to belong, a feeling of loneliness. Fascinating documentary. Guys were great to talk about it. Here's my conversation with Darren Maxwell and the director of Batman and Me, Michael Wayne. Dags, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about, well, as you can tell, one of my favorite subjects, Batman. Michael, let's start with you regarding the documentary. What gave you the idea to do this? Uh, it's just something I hadn't seen before. You you see often profiles of collectors, and it's a very positive thing you yourself would know. You've, you've been subject of uh, plenty of profiles about uh, your collecting, and it's always a positive thing. It's always someone expressing their passion for something, and it's it's good to see. But when I found uh, Darren's uh, website, which was full of uh, all the sort of pictures you you like to see of a collection, but the commentary that went with it wasn't so passionate. It was a bit sort of self-deprecating and, oh, look, i got this stuff and who cares? It's just a plastic cup. I went through all this, whatever. Oh, that's just a different take on it. It's it's something that no one had ever explored, and I thought it's it's time to have a look at that and see what um, what that's all about. And Dags, let's talk about your relationship with collecting. You started off as a Star Wars collector, right? No, uh, well, yeah, it's uh, in the mid '80s is where I sort of kicked off, and I was introduced into Star Wars movie poster collecting, specifically posters. Uh, and then I went on to movie soundtrack albums for science fiction films, then Dune merchandise, and then Batman came out a few years later. But I was desperately looking for um, something to collect that I could say was my own that maybe stand out from all my friends who were all part of the science fiction fan community uh, here in Melbourne. Right. Now, what was your relationship like with collecting at that time? Was it something you still enjoyed? <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it, um, but I wasn't really happy with the amount of money I was uh, forking out buying all these <laughs> things because I was um, buying them because I thought I was looking at them from an investment point of view, and that it was something that was going to be look look really cool for when my friends came over to have a to check it out. Uh, but I was in in effect in a lot of cases buying things I actually didn't really need to get or didn't want to get. I just got them because they sort of filled out the room, as it were, or filled out the bookshelf uh, the bookshelf. So. Uh, um, yeah, I sort of, even from those early days, I was getting into it uh, effectively for the wrong reasons. 
Well, I don't think speaking as a collector, any of us need any of the stuff that we get, right? But it's it's something we certainly want most of the time. It's an appetite that's hard to, to fill. Then in 89, Burton's Batman comes out. And as you mentioned in the documentary, there's just an explosion of merchandise everywhere, similar to the 60s uh, TV Batman, which is what, what I collect. And at the time, you weren't even a Batman fan that much, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I got taken in by the imagery uh, and the look of the character. And as I said uh, to a friend recently, it was the first time we'd ever seen Batman in the whole black outfit. You know, prior to that, of course, as you said, in the 60s, it was very, very comical looking. So uh, I was just drawn in by all the imagery. And, of course, a lot of the merchandise at the time and the, with the logo that looked spectacular and the photos and, the, and all the press material, uh, I got drawn in by that rather than having a history with the character or the comics or anything along, along those lines. And how long after buying your first Batman item did it take before you started to, you know, get the fever? Well, I'm taking a stab and say it would have been a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months, because as I mentioned in the film, I didn't want to collect. I really didn't because I knew where it was going to lead because I'd learned from the, like this, the movie posters and the soundtrack records that once I got started, I just would take off and it would just get out of control. And uh, But there did come a point where I would buy a couple of items, put them on a bookshelf and go, okay, well, all right, I'm not going to open this stuff. I'm not going to use it. And, of course, I kept seeing more and more things getting released. And uh, so I don't know if there's a particular point in time when a switch got hit, but there was definitely a prelude before it became, okay, now I'm, I'm really into it. And once I got into it, then it was, you know, like the doors had opened and off she went. Michael, was this part of collecting that you wanted to examine sort of the, the, the frenzy, the mania that goes along with it once you launch into these things? Well, I think that's there for collectors, no matter how passionate they are. I think that once you get into it, and I've done it, you can't do, you can't make a movie like this without having lived it in some way yourself, uh, and understanding that rush of the hunt, and then finding something, and and yes, I'm going to add this to my collection. Um, so I think everyone has that, and it was surprising to me that Darren had as much as he did, given that the passion really wasn't there. Mm. And I think any Batman movie's got duality at the heart of it, and I thought that this this has that as well in that it's got the fervor for the collection, but without the passion. I just think it's so unusual uh, in collecting circles. What was it that kept you going, Darren, after the initial movie came out and that merchandise? It appears to me in your collection you've got stuff that came out well after the 80s. You just kept going with it. Yeah, um, so with the first movie, which I actually liked, but I wasn't like really enraptured with, but when Batman Returns came out, well, then everything sort of changed. And by that point, I was known as the Batman collector within the community that I was a part of. Mm. So even if I didn't have the interest then, um, everybody else was supporting me in what I was doing. So I was getting all these items um, like birthdays and Christmases and all the rest of it because everybody said, oh, I've just seen this item, this Batman thing. I've got to give it to Dags because he's the Batman guy in the community. So as a consequence, I was being fed all this stuff from all these people. And that's the reason why I kept going because I thought, well, if they're supporting it and they love the fact that I'm the Batman dude, then as a result, I've got to keep going. And that's the reason why things just kept playing along the way they did. And, of course, once we got past Batman Returns and into Batman Forever, cracks then started to appear. I absolutely, I absolutely understand what you're saying because it does in some way become your identity, doesn't it? Once your friends and your family start to say, "Oh, this is this is he'll love this," let's let's give him more of that. 
that's exactly what happened. And uh, so when it came to special occasions, and like I remember my 30th birthday, like it was yesterday, and it was just like bag after bag and box after box of things. And I did say to people what I really loved getting things that I'd never seen before. So it was something to say, oh, there's an item, I don't have it. But if I'd never seen it, then that was a huge buzz. And, of course, people then, all my friends, and there was a lot of them, were all trying to feed this thing, saying, oh, I bet he hasn't seen this and I bet he hasn't seen that. And when I would say, oh, I've opened up this item and I have never seen this before, that, from their perspective, was a win. And, of course, from my perspective, it was a win as well because the collection got that little bit bigger. How much longer did this go on? How, how many years did you collect Batman stuff? And are you still collecting it now? No, I stopped in 1997 so the film covers obviously this often great detail regarding uh, when batman and robin came out and that was a huge catalyst moment for me to stop collecting because even though i was only focusing on the movies at that point i wasn't focusing on comics or any, anything else um when batman and robin came out in 1997 that was like it, it just completely jarred with me it just did not work at all i really disliked it and i thought i can't buy merchandise for a film i don't support and that was actually the catalyst for uh, me stopping and as of today i know i don't anything at all but you still have this enormous batman collection right yes i do and that's the thing so i've hung on to it for all these years um i built my house in 2003 and i set it all up in a room and it just sat in the room for like 17 18 years and that's when michael became involved um you know with the, with the film and checking it all out and all the rest but but once it was set up it was pretty much just forgotten it was just in there and i just hardly ever went in there uh, uh again after that and it never changed in like almost like you know 20 years well, that begs the question, then why don't you just sell it all off or give it away or get rid of it? Well, as of today, uh, the room that you see in the video and the film is actually doesn't exist anymore. So I did actually end up boxing up the collection uh, at the start of 2020. And uh, I am now in the process of saying, OK, I'm ready to sort of sell it all. Wow. Um, but it was actually suggested I should hold off at least until the film comes out because, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's in the Batman zone at the moment. So you never, never know if anybody out there is listening to this saying, oh, I'd love to get this collection. Well, there you go. Make an offer. It could all be yours. Absolutely. Push the, the price point up a little bit. What was surprising, Michael, to you when you got into Darren's world and started to look into his collection and what his relationship was with it? Did, any, did anything pop that maybe you didn't expect going into it? Yeah. I mean, um, I was a child when the Michael Keaton film came out, so that was important to me. And um, I think any, especially with Batman, because there are so many iterations of him, you sort of stick with what you as you'd know all about that and you, you stick with what you first find right. um, with Batman. And so for me, going to his place and, and looking at the collection was a big sort of nostalgia hit of, oh, wow, I had all this, I had some of this stuff and I wanted this stuff. And what was surprising to me was how quickly that wore off because Dan had kept it all in the packet. Um, it wasn't like, oh, there's a toy I used to play with and it worked like this. You couldn't really touch them. They were, they were there, but they were at a distance. And that distance sort of became um, really pronounced to me the more we worked on it. And then there, there it was in uh, Darren's own approach to uh, his collection because he didn't have that passion for it. So that was surprising to me. What was your family and friends' reaction, Dags, when you weaned yourself off of the Batman collection? Were they surprised? Were they supportive? 
I think they all accepted it because no one liked Batman and Robin. I mean, all things they needed was Big Jerry. <laughs> True. Um, but it did take, it took years. I mean, years for people to sort of get out of the system and saying, oh, don't buy me Batman items anymore. And my last item was only like five or six years ago where someone said, oh, I saw this Batman thing. I thought I'd give it to you. I was like, dude, I stopped collecting nearly over 20 years ago. So for my friends, it really took them a long time because they said, oh, I saw this thing. I was going to get it for you. And I'm saying, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I've stopped now. But they found it actually harder than I did, which is kind of ironic. Now, you mentioned you don't collect anymore anything, but do you still get the urge sometimes if you're walking through a store or something, you see something on the shelf, or maybe a, if you're perusing eBay just for old times' sake, do you ever see anything that tempts you? Not anymore. There was a long time uh, where I could be sort of tempted, especially by anything from the first movie, the 89 Keaton film, because mm. I didn't get everything from that. There's a lot of things I missed because in this country, we didn't have the internet, obviously, and uh, buying things online just didn't occur. And right. just recently, as of about four years ago, uh, I was in a store and I saw something from that film that I'd never seen before. And that was the closest I'd gotten to in like over a decade to say, I really want that. Okay, and I'm standing there staring at it for ages, but there was no price tag on it. And even Lynn, my other half, said, I'll buy it for you. I said, no, don't do it. I can't get back into that zone again. I have to really distance myself from that because I'm afraid. And I actually do think it's from a psychological perspective that if I was to dip my toe back in the water again, uh, it would all just take off. So uh, in the end, I had to walk out and go, no, nah, I don't want it. What did you fill your time and your life with after collecting? Did you did you find a new hobby? Did you Did you divert that energy somewhere else? Yeah, so I, for uh, myself, and because I had a lot of friends in, uh, involved with this as well, got into filmmaking, uh, short films. Uh, so we started off effectively with Star Wars fan films, which back in the early 2000s were a huge uh, industry, if you will, uh, right. for a lot of people. And from there, we started making our own uh, movies. So from, uh, it's sort of between 2005 and 2012, I was making a lot of short films. And I was pushing all my time and effort into that. And, uh, and all the finances as well. And there was much greater reward from my perspective in making films than saying collecting Batman merchandise. So uh, it was a good hobby to, to be a part of. You mentioned finances. I just have to take a stab. Do you have any idea what you spent on Batman merchandise over the years? Yeah, I made a point of not uh, keeping tabs <laughs> on that. And you know what? I frankly don't want to know, uh, but I do remember things like buying uh, Batman Man Forever jigsaw puzzles at 30 bucks from Kmart. I hated them. I didn't even want them. And I, and I was even when I was spending the money, thinking, why am I even doing this? But so I can imagine if you get $30 and you multiply it, I don't know, 1,300 times, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, fellas, the, the film is fascinating. It's available everywhere now where you find your films, whether it's iTunes or DirecTV or YouTube, you name it. It's out there today. It's called Batman and Me. I appreciate your time, fellas. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks again to the guys for uh, sitting down with me. If you're a collector of anything, I think you'll really enjoy this show. Once again, you can find it on uh, DirecTV or Amazon Prime, iTunes, uh, Voodoo, YouTube movies, Google Play, it's almost everywhere. So look for it. Batman and Me is the name. And that's it for today's show, kids. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a good time. And I hope you'll come back tomorrow for another brand new episode of The Ralph Report. But in order to do that, you got to take care of yourself. So please stay good in the hood. Because life is life. They want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. Love you guys. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>